Hello, all of you disciples out there, you biblical counselors, you pastors, you small group leaders. Let me say it this way. Hello, all you Christians out there. Because if you are a Christian, you are a disciple maker. It is your call to go out and to help people. You don't have to be a pastor, a small group leader, an elder, a biblical counselor, or a or call yourself a discipler. Just call yourself a Christian, and that is good enough. And if you are a Christian, you have a call to bring soul care into other people's lives And so this podcast is for you. The title of it is Don't Tell Folks What to Do Because They May Do It. That is a big problem, you know. If you tell somebody what to do, they may do it. And I I do want you to think about this sobering and profound responsibility that your words can motivate, can compel a person to change. Therefore, you want to think about how you disciple others, and I want to talk about that in this podcast. The fact any person would listen to me boggles my mind. I was telling my children the other day that it took me about 400 podcasts, maybe 500 podcasts, to get to the place to where I realize that people are actually listening to me. You see, I'm, I'm talking out to space now. I'm looking out my window. I'm looking at a crepe myrtle tree, to be honest with you. There's nobody in front of me, and sometimes, well, when I first started doing podcasting, I I had a hard time connecting that I was talking to real people. It was just delayed, and then I would go to a conference, and I would speak, and somebody would come up to me, and they would say, man, I really enjoyed that podcast, or as one fellow told me in Fresno, uh, California, he said, I wanted to beat you up. I wanted to hit you after one podcast. But then I began to realize that, well, people are listening to me, even in a podcast, even though it's delayed. I'm a nobody who struggles like everybody. And when anybody pays attention to what I say, it is sobering, and I am cautious. There is a profound responsibility for all of us to disciple well. Welcome to the podcast. This is Your Daily Drive, and I am Rick Thomas. I I'm so thankful that you're here. You're not here now, but you'll be here in a moment when this podcast (laughs) drops and you hear it, and I thank you for listening to it. And I, I do want you to be well aware that I am well aware uh, that what I am saying, uh, people do listen to it. But more than you being aware of my awareness, I want you to be (laughs) aware that people listen to you. And that's why I'm giving you a caution here. Be careful. Be doubly careful. Don't tell folks what to do because they may. They may do it. You see, people are called to disciple people, which means people must tell people what to do. Of course, when fallen folks are telling other sinful people what to do, it can go sideways in a hurry. I I talk to uh, recipients of soul care often. They've been hurt by what someone has said. And what I tell them, I mean, I'm not minimizing the hurt that they feel or the wrongness of what was said to them. I'm not doing that at all. That's not what I'm saying here. But I do want to caveat that uh, situation by saying that 
that imperfect people can only counsel imperfectly. Nobody will ever disciple you or bring soul care to your life perfectly. It's not possible. It's 100% not possible because we're fallen people. Fallen folks telling other sinful people what to do can go sideways in a hurry. Now, I'm not condoning bad counseling and bad discipleship. I'm just speaking to the reality that there is a reality here that we will do it imperfectly. Still yet, even though, even so, we must be disciple makers. Now, this worldview that I'm sharing with you, it is the implication of the story between Philip and the Ethiopian in Acts 8. Here's what it says. Philip ran to him, the Ethiopian, and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? And the Ethiopian said, how can I? unless somebody guides me. Now, in this situation, it was the Lord telling Philip to go and help the struggling man. It was the Ethiopian who had enough discernment to know he needed Philip's help to understand the Bible. We should never stop preaching. We should never stop teaching. We should never stop discipling each other, even though we do it imperfectly, We say it imperfectly, and we receive it imperfectly. Still yet, people instructing people is God's way of bringing redemptive care to his children. As Paul asks in Romans 10, how how are they to hear without people being involved? General revelation is one of the ways that people hear, but you know that general revelation is not enough. General revelation is the guy standing on a mountain and and observing the works of God through creation. And he can intuit that there is a higher power, there is a supreme being, but he cannot know him specifically. He can know him generally, but not specifically. And so the Lord, in his divine wisdom, gave us specific revelation that came to us, that comes to us through each other. So people become a significant aspect of moving the Lord's redemptive plans along. Of course, as with all things, there is a dark side. Sin is always lurking and luring. This grim truth is where Christians need to be discerning when giving people advice. Here's the tension Here's what I want you to get from this podcast. And by the way, if you want to read this podcast, every word that I'm sharing with you, you can read it if you wish. The title of the podcast, again, don't tell folks what to do because they may do it. Here's the tension. We should tell people what to do. But we want to be careful when we tell them what to do. And and I'm going to unpack that as we move along here. But before I get into unpacking this tension, I want to give you a a best-case scenario, or 
I'll give you the worst case scenario too for communicating truth and receiving truth from from each other. When it comes to heeding the instructions of others, the best case scenario is to it's a three-legged approach is to integrate one the word of God, the spirit of God and the community of God. That is the best case scenario for disciple making. When the word of God and the spirit of God and the community of God are in perfect sync, this three-legged approach to discipling guards against the pitfalls. Now let me share with you some of the pitfalls of of disciple-making. It's when you divide these three things. When it's man alone giving counsel, or the Spirit alone giving counsel, or yes, the Bible alone giving counsel, let me take each one of those things, man alone. If a person's counsel is not filtered through the lens of Scripture, as illuminated by the Spirit of God, the counsel can go off the tracks and run the disciple aground. That's man alone, in a vacuum, in a silo, just sharing his wisdom, whatever it may be, isolated or detached from the Spirit's illuminations and, and, the, and the Word of God. But then again, you have the Spirit alone, in a vacuum, in a silo. Sometimes we call this the let go, let God approach. And this is not teaching that the Lord suggests. He has never suggested let go, let God. This cliche is the error of some of our charismatic friends. We do not weigh our actions by the word of God. We do not weigh our actions by man's counsel. God told me to do X, Y, Z. And we make that man alone interpretation of what we should do. The spirit alone is what we're talking about here. And we fall into subjective illumination because we will not bring in the Word of God or we will not bring in the counsel of the community. And so man alone, just in your silo, making it up as you go along, no matter how sound it may sound, can be a problem. The Spirit alone, God told me, in a silo can be highly problematic. And then Bible alone. Yes, Bible alone. Though the Bible is God's perfect word to us, obviously that ain't the problem. It is God's perfect word. But we are not always accurate interpreters of his word. Do you see why the Bible alone can be a problem? It's not the Bible but it's the interpreters of the Bible. You see, nobody enters into a text objectively. Everybody, every time, with no exception, steps into a text subjectively, already with a presupposition. There is a possibility within us to mangle what God says. The humble interpreter of the word knows this, and that's why the humble interpreter of the word always asks for help. The Spirit of God and the counsel of God's children working together through his word, you see this three-legged approach here, it brings balance to sin's machinations. The Lord knew this, so he told Philip to come alongside the Ethiopian 
to walk him through the word. The Ethiopian had the word alone. And the humble interpreter of the word knows this. And so the Ethiopian asks for help. How can I understand this unless somebody guides me? When we separate the advice of humanity, the Bible, or the Spirit from each other, there is a high probability we can misinterpret the direction the Lord desires for our lives to take. Now, to avoid this problem, our kind God gave us checks and balances. He knows far better than we do about the deceptions of sin. Human advice, human advice cannot be trusted alone. And people cannot be trusted to discern the Spirit of God or the Word of God alone. Sin is not that compliant. Sin is not that accommodating to leave us to ourselves. Sin will not allow us to think about God and His Word without throwing a monkey wrench into the process. This perspective is not a slight on the Word of God. All you sufficiency of Scripture people, we talk about the sufficiency of God's Word. My view on that is as high as yours, I bet you. It's not a problem with the Word of God, but it's those of us, which is all of us, that enter into the text subjectively. And so it's not a slight on the Word of God, and it's not a slight on the Holy Spirit. What I'm talking about here and what I'm giving props to is, is a biblical respect for de the depravity of humanity. Not only do I have a high view of the sufficiency of God, not only do I have a high view of pneumatology, the doctrine of the Spirit, but I have a, a high view of harmoniology, the depravity of humanity. We can mess up the simplest things. Leave us to ourselves and we'll build a tower to heaven, Genesis 11. Give us redemption through a fiery serpent, we'll worship the serpent, Numbers 21. The Lord tells us to go right, we run to the left, Jonah 1. Aren't we a, a pathetic lot? We can't be trusted. How does our Lord respond to our fascination with ourselves and sin? He gives us his word. He gives us his spirit. Then he asks us to be part of the process in the redemption and the sanctification of his people. And that brings us to the people part. I'm not going to speak so much in this podcast about God's word because we know it's fantastic, we know it's sufficient, and we love it. I'm not going to speak so much in this podcast about the Spirit of God because we love God. We're Trinitarian. We want to submit, obey, follow, worship, glorify. But what I do want to speak, speak about is the third part. You remember I talked about man alone, spirit alone, Bible alone. So I want to talk about the people part. Let us take a look at one-third of this equation Here's the problem. When some people speak, some people will listen. Now, though, this can be good news. I mean, how many people have written to me and said, Rick, I'm talking to this person, and, and they won't listen to me. They're stubborn, and they're defiant, and they're rebellious, and they won't hear what I'm trying to tell them. 
Many parents say that. Oh, if I could just open up the brain of my child and pour this wisdom into the child. Yes, that is an issue, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about them when they do listen to you. This can be good news, but you need to discern some of the traps of people listening to you. And you need to learn to navigate those traps. I want to share three of those traps with you. Again, if you want to read this podcast, I would love for you to do this titled, Don't Tell Folks What to Do Because They May Do It. And you can share this with 1,000 of your closest friends. And and I, I would just be so blessed if I saw this article running around the, the Internet. That would be fantastic. Now, I have some other articles that are linked here. I have three specifically, and, and I would encourage you to read those as well. And then I have a little short video on how to make a decision and, and how to think through decision-making. And I would love for you to watch that video as well and share these things again with all of your friends. But I want to give you three traps that can happen if a person does listen to you. The first one is called, Whose Voice? Whose voice are you hearing? Our faith must be in God alone, as understood through His Word alone. People can serve as a guide. We should be disciple-makers. But the things people say must not supplant what the Lord says. That's why I says, that's why I say, whose voice? Whose voice are you hearing? Is it a person's voice or are you truly hearing from God alone as understood through the word of the word alone? And the person is the God, because sometimes the person who is communicating to you could have a higher authority in your life than God's Word uh, or the Spirit of God. Ultimately, our marching orders must come from the Lord, and each person must learn how to discern what God says, even though it can come through the mouthpiece of a human being. There are times when a person gets stuck and a discipler can come alongside the person to help unstick him. This process is good and biblical, but the advice seeker must never fall into the trap of lockstepping with everything the discipler says. I tell our students that in our program. You're going to read from many authorities through our program. You're going to read several books. You have many authorities that you're going to be listening to And I don't want you to kick your brain in neutral and just salute the flag with everything that these authorities say. I tell our team that as well, that they have to listen to what I say and discern what I say that does it line up with God's word do you, do, does it line up with how, what God is teaching you? And if not, we need to talk about those differences. You can't lockstep with Rick. The answer to this problem is, is not to cease from giving counsel. Knowing that people could lockstep with me, what do I do? Well, I'll just stop talking. No, 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 no. You must be wise in how you discern the adversary. You see, God wired us for groupthink. And it is easy for vulnerable people to be swept up 
with the answers given while not truly hearing from the Lord. Their faith, in this case, can be built on a faulty foundation, what a person says and who the person is. We see this in church all the time. The pastor, though he should be honored and loved and respected, he can be elevated too easily to where his words can, can supplant the teaching of God's word. And if it is a faulty foundation, it will be made apparent in time because they will not have sustaining faith. When under persecution, people who place their faith in men or women, their faith will wane. And in some cases, they shipwreck the faith that was presumed that they seemed to have had. As you begin to unpack them, you soon realize that they had more of a coattail faith than genuine conviction in the Lord. And this is why I'm admonishing or appealing to all of us disciple makers, all of us leaders. That's why I said it this way. Don't tell folks what to do because they may do it. If you are an authoritarian kind of person, you'll find people will follow you and you need to understand that. And, and while you don't want to fall into the ditches of cynicism and suspicion by uncharitably judging people's motives, you want to be wise and discerning. There should be one authentic voice in the noise of our lives, and that voice has to come from the Lord. And so as you speak to people's, speak into people's lives, you, you don't want to be suspicious or cynical, but you, don't want, but you do want to be discerning, and you want to be guiding and making sure that you are connecting them to the Lord, not to you. And so one of the traps is whose voice are you listening to? The second trap is whose way are you following? Because people who seek counsel are typically vulnerable, they will hang on to and respond to what you say. This is what I find sobering when I speak about the power of my words. I have never been able to, be, to fully come to terms with this power or the platform the Lord has given me. The Lord has given me somewhat of a, a nice platform, and, it, and I'm, not, I'm still not comfortable with it. It's a tightrope. The, the truth is where every discipler and disciple must know the difference between the articles A and the. The article A and the article V. There is a way of doing things, and there is the way of doing things. That's why I titled this second trap, Whose Way? Whose way are we following? Is it a way of doing things, or is it the way of doing things? If it is the way of doing things, the Bible makes it clear. And there is no wiggle room. The Spirit of God will confirm this in a person's mind, and the Christian community will, for the most part, agree. Things like salvation through faith alone, or stealing, or lying, or adultery are black and white. God's will in such matters is not confusing to the humble soul. But most things in sanctification are not the way, but a way. Most of the time, the counselor will give you a way of doing things rather than the way of doing things. And this reality places a requirement on the hearer to discern God's will for them. There are hundreds of examples of what I'm talking about here. Let me, let me give you one. As a discipler, 
I understand this. Now, here's an example. I, I love to journal. The most effective way for me, for me, as far as my responsibility to work out my salvation with fear and trembling, is through writing. I have been writing almost without exception one page a day since 1994. At the recording of this podcast, it is 2019. It's 2004, 2000, that's 25 years. Almost without exception for 25 years. 25 times 365. Do the math. I've been doing this for a long time as far as writing is concerned. And the process of writing challenges my mind to think about God, others, and life like no other discipline. This is why I say tongue-in-cheek. Some of my mastermind students curse me in their hearts. They don't do that. They've never cursed me in their hearts. But sometimes they curse me in their hearts. I say that tongue-in-cheek but because I challenge them to be brief and amazing and to, to write in succinct ways. I challenge them about the, this, this discipline of writing. It is a sanctification method, but ultimately it is my way, a way. It's not the way that every Christian should follow to mature in Christ. Every Christian can't journal every day of their lives. And so you don't, you don't map what worked with you over another person and, and call it the way of doing things. Every Christian, whether they are giving or receiving advice, must know the difference between these two articles, A and the. If not, then a way can become the way, and soon after that you will begin to drift from the clarity of God's Word. And so when people are listening to you, the people part that I'm talking about in the, the backside of this podcast, there are three traps that we can fall into. Whose voice are you listening to? The discipler's voice can be elevated higher than God's word, higher than the Spirit of God. Whose way are you following? The discipler's way can be higher than what God's word teaches or what the Spirit of God is leading. And then this third trap is, I call it work aversion. Can we admit that we can be lazy? Most of us do not want to exercise physically or spiritually. We do not discipline our bodies or our souls. Our penchant is, is for the easy way to attain desires. Weight loss infomercials make a lot of money by preying on our aspirations for a quick fix. McDonald's figured this out years ago with the drive through Make it easy and people will flock to us. Credit card companies have also unlocked the riddle by giving us easy money. I put easy money in quotation marks because you know there's, there's a bill to pay. Or if you don't know that, you need to know that there's a bill to pay. It's not easy money is what I'm saying. But these patterns of indulgence and laziness attack every area of our lives. Sin's target is not just our bodies or our finances. Our souls are particularly susceptible to the easy way out game plan. Just tell me what to do is the cry of the hurting, the weak, the desperate, the vulnerable, the hopeless soul. The discipler must be ready and willing to walk the hurting soul through the necessary rigors of sanctification, which means it will not be about a list or seven habits to change your life. 
I had a lady come up to me at a conference I did recently, and, and we had met a few days earlier than that, and she said, now that I know you, I can be honest. And when somebody says that to me, it's like, hold on, here it comes. She said that uh, teaching time that you just gave, I just want you to know you totally missed it. And she went on to tell me about, you should have told us what to do. You, you should have said, you need to do this, and you need to do this, and then, then we would know how to do to fix this problem. Well, I felt sad for her. I mean, that's exactly what I'm saying here, that you don't want to do that. In fact, if I, as a discipler, told her what to do, she may do it, and it not work. And then guess what? Guess how problematic that's going to be. No, 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 no. There are no quick fixes Sometimes there are no fixes at all. Everybody is not going to get their best life now. Get-rich schemes are, wait for it, schemes. The promises of the health and wealth gospel are fallacious. If there is a way for me to get around praying or mining God's word, I will more than likely take that approach. Now, I didn't say these things to that lady, but I wanted to. And maybe you're like this too. This temptation can create an easy way out dependency while weakening the impact of the Lord in our lives. Dear discipler, be careful about giving answers. Or as the podcast says, don't tell folks what to do because they might do it. Be careful about giving answers. That person you're talking to may follow your advice because they don't want to do the work. You make sure that they verify what you're telling them with the Spirit of God and His Word. Always operate with that threefold stool. And while you do not want to frustrate them by not saying anything, you do want to use discernment when you do say something. I have a call to action here. I will not be able to get into these four points in my call to action, but you are welcome to read these. And so jump on our website, rickthomas.net. Look for this article. Don't tell folks what to do because they may do it. You can read it all plus the call to action. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.